following audio is from a sermon series entitled Idols of the Heart. For more information about Sacred City Church, please visit sacredcitychurch.com. Hear the word of the Lord from Matthew 23, verses 11 through 12. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. All right, all right. Good morning, everyone. That was a little weak. Good morning, everyone. We serve a true king, right? So that's, that's awesome. I'm welcoming you guys to Sacred City Church. We appreciate you guys coming out. I hope everyone has started some new norms. Uh, definitely want the virus going around, and I pray that everyone is staying safe. Um, I'm just excited to see a lot of you guys here. And if you are at home, um, we appreciate you guys staying home if you do have any symptoms or anything like that. But we pray that you guys can slowly start to join us um, very soon. Um, but for some of you guys that don't know me, my name is Alex Tate. Uh, as Rev said, I am the Sacred City Youth Director, and I've been, it's just been an honor to be able to uh, be a part of your kids' lives for the last two years since I've launched um, Sacred City Youth, um, to be able to live um, in community with them and on mission, and to be able to share them, to help them to be able to see who Christ is on a wider and deeper level. Um, for some of you guys, I'm also a pastoral resident, um, learning from my elders of what it looks like to be a pastor and then also a future um, church planner. Um, but for some of you guys who don't know my family, my, uh, I have my wife right here that's smart, intelligent, and beautiful. We've been together for 13, married for 13 years and together for 17 years. I do have my son. Uh, we have three boys, Michael, that have, of course, uh, looks he's 13, but he looks like he's 18 with his mustache and his height that he grown over quarantine. My son, Cameron, that is 12, and Quincy that just had a birthday that would make sure he tells everybody he's seven. So um, we're from the Quad Cities. We love the QC, and we're excited to uh, be a part of what uh, God is doing here at Sacred City Church. And for some of you guys um, that don't know, Justin and I have known each other for about 15 years. I first ran into him as my uh, wrestling coach, right? Um, he came to Davenport Central to teach some young teenagers wrestling, and I was a knucklehead freshman coming in, and he was a firecracker youth pastor and also my wrestling coach. So I'll let your minds wonder where some of those uh, intense conversations and some of those red flags practices I went to. But I'm excited what God's doing here. I'm at Davenport um, from everything from missional communities, from Sacred City Youth, from fight clubs, and then also uh, over in Moline. But enough about me. So I know a lot of us came here just so that we can jump into God's word. So let's pray and we can get moving this morning. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We just pray that your spirit moves and that you guide us and uh, just direct, direct us, Lord. And I just pray that uh, the words that you give me to preach this morning, Lord, that your people will be able to hear them, Lord, that it sinks to their minds, down to their hearts, and into their hands, and it flows to action, Lord. So I just pray that uh, your spirit is with me and that you guide us. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. So a lot of you guys that have not been with us um, here at Sacred City Church from online to Instagram and Facebook and even in our massive circus tent that we had out there in the front lawn, um, we are a church that uh, walks through books of the Bible verse by verse, and we have been in the book of Colossians for the past seven months, and we've been diving in verse by verse, and the theme of that was Jesus over everything, Jesus over politics, Jesus over our careers, and Jesus over our kids and spouses and over our money and comforts, and if you miss any of those sermons, you can always go back online and check those out. But this morning, we'll be jumping into our new sermon series. And I know when I say sermon series, a lot of you guys' minds are starting to wonder, maybe this will take a year from now, right? Maybe this will take a couple months. But I promise this is only going to be a four-week series, and we'll be walking through idols of the heart, as you guys can see on the screen. 
But maybe when I say idols, you guys are starting to think of ancient old people or uh, ancient worlds. Maybe you're thinking of massive statues or little statues that people love to worship in their homes. Maybe you're thinking of the golden calf. Maybe you're thinking of posters when you're growing up, uh, when you're a teenager, you have posters on your wall, even some of our teenagers today, that maybe you had superstars and celebrities and sporting teams. And for me growing up, I had Michael Jordan and one of the best linebackers, Ray Lewis of all times on my wall, right? But for some of you guys, maybe you're thinking of American Idol. That was a really great show with uh, Simon and Randy and Paula, right? But the Bible has and takes many different approaches when it comes to idols, Idols tend to be suitable for all ages. It doesn't matter the age, so I pray that a lot of you guys still stay tuned in to this because idols are everywhere. Because idols are anything that we value and prioritize and seek after above God. Idols are anything or anyone that we see as supreme and we worship. You might say to yourself, trust me, I don't serve any idols. I don't have any idols, right? I only worship God. This might be your intent. But the heart are deceitful above all things. And the heart don't flow in constant worship with God. When we sin, our worship stops. And our, that sin actually that we should be worshiping should be going towards God, but we push it to our idols instead. We will see that in this sermon series that anything or anyone can become an idol. This sermon series is going to look at some of the common idols today, like power. Control, comfort, and the approval of others in this sermon series. And the problem with idol is that they undercut the true joy and the flourishing with God. We will see that they tend to conquer over us and they blind us and numb us and deceive us. These counterfeit gods that we have placed on the throne will start to destroy us from the inside out and keep us from experiencing God. If we do not keep our foot on the neck, of these idols. They will push us back into our old lifestyle that God has saved us from. One of our, John Calvin said it best. He is one of our famous French theologians that we still follow today. He said that the human heart is a little idol factory. And yes, we live in Iowa, right? And we love our factories, right? They keep on pumping and running. We are constantly turning out idols and searching for something or someone to worship and put on the throne. We will see that in this sermon series, we cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve two masters, and God wants all of you and not just some of you. And not just the pieces that we tend to show when we're out in public, right? We will see that God's greater in this series. We will see that God's control is perfect. We will see that God's comfort is satisfying and his approval is eternal. And there is no God like our God that is good, that is great and glorious and gracious. And today I'm going to be talking about the most dominant idol that we see today. And that is called the power idol. We're going to be talking, to, trying to see what it is and how to unplug from it. We will see that God wants us to unplug from this power idol so that we can truly, truly rest in his power. We'll be coming from the book of Matthew. We'll see that Matthew was the former tax collector. And he had his own quest for power. Until he started to follow Jesus and became one of his 12 disciples. And Jesus, as he followed Jesus, he showed him how to live a new life. And the theme that Matthew wants us to understand 
is that suffering and weakness, suffering and weakness is the very means that God uses to reveal his power and his glory through his people. And the theme that as, as we continue to go through this, uh, Matthew wants to remind us to let God's power rest in you the same way it did for him. But we must come to the table. We must come to the table with a humble, serving, and loving heart. So let's jump into the book of Matthew. Um, I know we just read it, but let's go ahead and jump right in. Matthew 23, 11 through 12. Um, you can always pull out your phones, uh, your um, tablets, whatever you have, or you can also follow along on the screen. When you're there, say amen, and we can get going here. Matthew 23. The greatest among you shall be your servants. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Let's read this one more time. It's real short and really straight to the point. The greatest among you shall be your servants. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And as I was saying earlier, we're going to be talking about power. Power, power, and power. I know this is new, but I do this with a lot of our youth. Turn to your neighbor to the left and say power. Turn to your neighbor to the right and say power. Turn behind you because I know we're social distance and say, humble yourself. yourself. Right? Because when we have power idols, a lot of times it's hard for us to serve others. And let's be honest, it's very, very hard for us to sit down and humble ourselves, as Kendrick Lamar would say. A lot of times we say we're too important to serve. I shouldn't have to serve. I just got off work. Someone should serve me. And in those moments, we reject the lifestyle of servanthood. And we are bowing our knee to the idol of power. Why is it that we worship power? Why is it that we see power as supreme instead of our great God? Why is it that we love power so much that we fight to get it? We fight to keep it and we fight to turn from it. We are fighting for power to have a seat at the table. And a lot of times it's hard for us to admit, if we look around at some of the highest seats in the world that we are wishing to and dreaming and hoping that we can be a part of at one one point in time in our lives, to have a seat at the powerful table, maybe at work, maybe at school or on the school board, maybe in our neighborhoods or our closest friend circles, maybe it's the highest seat to be the president like Obama or Donald Trump. Maybe it's the highest seat to be in the NBA like Michael Jordan and also LeBron James. Maybe it's to have the highest seat. We all love this, to have our house like Fixer Upper with Chip and Joanna Gaines, our flip or flop on HDTV, right? Maybe it's to have the table at the highest corporation like Amazon or John Deere. Maybe it's to be a stay-at-home mom that puts all other moms to shame. Maybe it's you are wanting and striving to be the fittest, like Rich Froney or Matt Frazier or Annie or Tia Claire. Or maybe you want the highest seat from singing, dancing, acting, playing instruments like Jimi Hendrix, Luke Bryan, Beyonce, Jay-Z, John Legend and Prince. We are all striving to have a seat at the table in some way because we love and want and we love the idea of having power that comes with the seat. But we are wanting a seat at the wrong table. As a people, we are quick to make something an idol. 
We are quick to worship someone or something and put them on the throne. Power isn't a bad thing. It's when we are taking something that is good and making it a God thing. It's not sinful to have power. It's sinful to be grasping for power. Because power causes us to be so focused and selfish, blinding us from the needs and feelings of others and the others' ideas. The power that we are reaching for tends to use people as pawns in our little, small kingdom that we try to build of power. We are quick to make something that is made for good a bad thing. We, are, we can't love someone because now we idolize them. We can't have a couple drinks of alcohol, then we become a drunk and an alcoholic. We can't have nice things to be thankful because then we're selfish and we make everything about us. We can't love all people because then we think one race of people are better than the other. We can't vote for change because now we fight over politics. We can't just work out because now we idolize our bodies and we start to look down on others that are not on our level. We can't just care for people because then we idolize being the person for everyone all the time. But when we look at this deeply, it starts to weigh on us. It starts to drown us out and we are holding our head just above water. We start to lose our joy. We start to lose our hope. We start to lose our peace and we, and we lose our love that we once had for our creator. And we start to idolize the creator. We start to make these empty promises to ourselves all the time. Money will fix me. If I just get enough, money will fix me. Relationships will fix me if I can just get in this group of people right over here. Vacations will fix me. Just get me away from people. I had enough. That promotion will fix me. Having kids will fix me. And kids leaving, trust me, will fix me, right? Control will fix me, and power and approval will fix me. And we forget to turn to God. We forget that Jesus did not come to be served, but he came to serve others with a loving and humbling heart. He came to the table that no one wanted to sit at. Jesus wanted to sit at the table with the sick and those that were in need of the hospital. He wanted to sit with those that are in need of the treatment. He wanted to sit with the, all, all races made in his image. He wanted to sit with the tax collector, with the poor on the street. He wanted to sit with the thirsty, with the broken, with the prostitute, with the youth, with the drug dealer, and the drug addict. He wanted to sit with those in jail. He wanted to sit with anyone that was looking for the cure, anyone that was wanting to turn from their sins and leave everything at the cross and follow Jesus and live and walk in his power, not on their own. But for some of us, church, for some of us, we are still struggling. We are still having this battle that we are not seeing Jesus in the cross bigger than we are seeing this power idol. Maybe you're fighting to the top of your career. And you're still idolizing and grasping that seat at the table. You don't care who you step on or who you hurt. You don't want to use your workplace as a place where you can lead others to Christ. You're willing to miss your family time because you're fighting for that seat. And you tell yourself, trust me, they will understand. They will get me once I get the power. Once I get the position, they will get me. 
but maybe you're that stay-at-home mom and you're working hard to keep everything together. And you're idolizing the comfort and the power of the schedule. You don't want to be inconvenienced. You don't want to give up your time or share any of your resources. You're, you're not willing to be hurt to share the gospel or use your place, as, as, your home as a mission opportunity for your neighbors instead of just your friends. You push away help all the time and you forget about your time with the Lord so that you can earn your seat at the table. But maybe your power idol is showing off in your kids. Or maybe your kids' sports. Your success is based on their success. You're idolizing and watching it and checking out from the rest of your family for hours to watch it and be around it. You're willing to go broke and miss everything for your kids to play. You're willing to sacrifice your spiritual life. You're willing to sacrifice your marriage and your health. You're willing to risk it all to just prove that you're at the top of the ladder. But maybe you're like me. Trust me, I, I can't leave myself out of this, right? Like anytime I, I preach, I can't leave myself out of this because I'm not exempt. I had to preach this to myself before I preached this to anyone else. Maybe you had a rough growing up. You grew up in rough neighborhoods and you had to grow up real early in life. You had to fight to get or keep anything with having four siblings. A lot of you would know about that. And you would see and experience things that you think would only happen in the movies. Right? With this being an eight on the Enneagram. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. The powerful person. Moving forward, the protector, the getting stuff done. The leading others, the taking the bull by the horns and never backing down. I love this power. I love this power, but it starts to wear on you, all to find out maybe when you're growing up looking for that protection. Maybe you're looking for that comfort. Maybe you're looking for someone to be there for you in the hard times. Maybe you're looking for someone to help you get stuff done, but nobody is in sight. So we put this power on the throne in place of God, but after a while, after a while, church, we start to see that we're just not tired. We're not just wore out and sleepy. We look deeper and we see that we are empty. We are empty inside. And you know this can't be it because you worked so hard to get here. But if you remember, an idol is whatever you look at and say in your heart. If I have that. And only then will I will have meaning with this power. Then I will have worth. Then I will have sustainment. Then I will have security. This power idol only gives us an ego, insecurities, jealousy, and pride. In these moments, if we really look deep enough, if we truly look deep enough into the mirror, we are following the herd off the cliff. Because we have lost our focus. We have believed the lie, church, that this power can fully sustain us and satisfy us. If we are worshiping power, you are self-focused. A lot of times it's hard for you to show weakness or even be near weakness. But Jesus came to break us from this by showing us what power looks like. It's others focused and not us focused. 
It's embracing our weakness and not always trying to be strong. It's that we're so secure that we are so secure that the worst thing could happen to us and we're not shaken and we're not broken and we're not crumbled. But we forget how powerful our God is that can replace these idols and that can bring us from these idols to a humble and loving and serving place in him where we can find that true joy that we've been looking for, that true hope and that true peace and love because God is powerful but gentle and loving and cares for his sons and for his daughters. He is willing to leave the 99 every single time to find the one. And maybe that's one is you this morning. And I want us to go to a couple of scriptures and see how our God will never fail us, how our God will always fill up our cup when we are empty. So let's turn to Genesis 127. It should be on the screen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. The power idol did not make you. God did. He shaped and molded you. So don't believe the lie. Church rests in his power. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you, so rest in his power. He will not leave you in be behind, and he for surely will not cancel you. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, 3, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one, so rest in his power. He is our protector. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So rest in his power. God gave up his only son to bridge the gap of our brokenness. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he also provides a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So rest in his power, amen. He gives his only son, Jesus, as your way, as my way of escape. That is the good news, church. Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So rest in his power. There's no lie that you have believed growing up that he will not tear down because he loves you. He sees you and he hears you. So rest in his power. This is my last scripture here, 1 Peter 2, 9, 10. But you are, but you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you did not receive mercy and grace, but now you receive mercy and grace. Praise God. This is the good news. I can go on and on and on all day, but God's power will never fail us. He needs, we need to see and remind ourselves of this on a daily basis. And he loves you and will always be there if you put your faith in him. But these idols, these idols have to be replaced and not just removed to the side. 
But what will you replace your power idol with? You can either rely on your own power or you can rely on Jesus. Will it be God's power that will sustain you for eternity? Or will it be your power that is killing you from the inside out that only lasts for a moment? Don't forget how power, power, but how gentle God is. And if you trust in him and leave your idols at the cross, you can be weak and humble and a servant of God and be filled with his power through his Holy Spirit. So you can suppress your sinful natures of power because you love God and you see the cross bigger and clearer than you see your power idol. You can be weak but strong in Christ where you don't have to boast in your idols, where you have to boast in your accomplishments or your power or your control or your comfort and approval of others. And this is what the woke Jew of Galilee, Jesus Christ, is getting to in chapter 23 of Matthew. Jesus is speaking to the crowd and to his disciples with going against the grain of every leadership principle at the time. According to Jesus in this text, he doesn't have a problem with people preaching and teaching his word. But he does have a problem that they are not practicing what they are preaching and teaching. You have people in powerful leadership roles acting like spiritual CEOs, like they have it all together. Instead of repenting and humbling themselves and loving others and serving God's people, they have lost the focus. They have believed the lie. So instead of going to each one individually, Jesus pulls up to the crowd to remind them. The greatest among you shall be your servants. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. And whoever humbles himself will be exalted. The ones that have a power idol is the one that is struggling with submitting to God and his true power. The power idol is you longing for recognition and how you influence and impact others around you. This power idol is, if you continue to look down on others, it will drive you to being alone, depressed, depressed with anxiety, an ego, pride, insecurity, and full of darkness. Jesus is calling us to be weak where he is strong. Serve others as he has served us. You may pray that your humbleness is true, genuine and steamed from a desire of Jesus Christ to be exalted in every part of your life. Trust me, this is something that might not happen overnight. But God can do all things. You may need a community, maybe a missional community or a fight club to help walk this out with you. So when this power wants to arise again, you can have, you can name it, and they can share truth and love with you and point you back to the cross. But for us to be good leaders, we must first learn how to follow Jesus. Because it is easy to be a fan than a follower. A fan is someone that has all the gear, right? We've met some of those people growing up playing sports, right, in the business world. And even in church, maybe they had their What Would Jesus Do t-shirt and their wristband and their fish on their car, right? They look like they're ready from afar, but not willing to dive all the way in. But a follower takes commitment. It takes listening to God and obeying him and spending time with him and learning from him. It means allowing him to change you into his likeness in all ways and not just some ways. Because when God starts to shape and mold you, trust me, it might not 
be what you had in mind. Because God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. The more we follow him, the more passion our hearts become for him. We can lead from a powerful. We can lead from a powerful but humbling place in Jesus Christ. We can ask for forgiveness. We can be wrong. We can apologize. We can turn from our sins because we know that God loves us. So as I close, I know this is deep. But I pray that you can leave here and spend some time thinking and processing through this where it goes from your head to your heart to your hands. Or ask someone that can share truth and love with you. Ask them, do I have a power idol? Am I trying to sit at a certain table that is a power idol for me? Or am I trying to sit at the table of a humbling, loving table of Jesus Christ? And some of you are wondering, how do I know? How do I know I have this power idol? Trust me, like I had to preach this to myself. Maybe you will get flared up just a little bit. Maybe tempers will start to fly. Maybe you will run away or some will hide and even shut down. Repent and turn from your sins and ask God to help you through this and rest in his power and use your stage and use your seat at the table to speak and show the gospel wherever you go. Remember that God gives forgiveness and grace to the humble. He sent his own son, Jesus Christ, from a perfect place to live a perfect life and to release all of his power on the cross. And he sent his Holy Spirit so that we can have the same power Christ has in our weakness. So step out and trust in Jesus Christ this morning. Have faith in him. Die to the old you and live in Jesus. Remember how powerful but how gentle he is. Even when you can't see. Even when life is dark. God is in control and faithful at all times. Our reactions reveal what's truly in our hearts, church. And if we truly say that we love God, you won't just act like it. You will react like it. So turn to God. Be honest with yourself and be filled with his power because God's power equals freedom. So don't leave here the same way you came in this morning. Go and rest in our true power source, our great God, and put him on the throne. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for who you are, Lord. And I pray that anyone that is struggling this morning, Lord, that you feel them and that you guide them and direct them and show them the way, Lord. The same as Matthew as a tax collector, that you changed his life, Lord, that you can change someone else's life here today, Lord. You are always willing to leave the 99 to find the one. And I pray that someone is here this morning, that they give their life to Christ and that they can trust in you and leave and lead in their weakness, but also be and have the power of you, Lord Jesus. So I just thank you for who you are, and I thank you for your message today. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen.